Blog Talk Radio. Toronto. Really? 
So I'm just saying with red wine, Amber Geiger, or Geiger, doesn't look innocent to me. Also living for the city with Papa Diddy. Got another surprise for us. He always does. My Hollywood wrap-up. We're going to talk about Halle Berry, Designing Women, and John Legend. Also, the cocktail of the week is called the Absolute Stress. Ow! If you guys need one, we got it for you. I'll kiss the list in the last words. Sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be right back with the hot topic. I am Kettle from the original Pajama Party. If you haven't heard Pajama Party Show, you've missed out. We've got hot topics, hidden and quitted headlines, what's popping with Papa Didi, our weird news. I'm just saying with red wine, living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up, of course, the cocktail of the week, and, uh... The world famous Crypto List. And of course, we can't forget the last word. We serve it up each week on the Pajama Party Show, and nobody does it like us. You can call us each week live on Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 914 803 4306, or listen live at com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Avajama Party. Fabulous. What the heck is going on with you now? Fabulous. Trade fabulous. Okay. All right. We're going to get into this ICE. Mm. What is ICE doing now? Mm-hmm. Let's find out. Always something. All right. ICE <laughs> quietly got an extra $200 million. Oh, really? Let's mm-hmm. see why. As a potential ca- catastrophic hurricane bears down on the east coast of the U.S., the shifting of $10 million from FEMA's operating budget to fund immigration, detention, and deportation is drawing condemnation from Democrats. That's a drop in the bucket. The Trump administration this summer quietly redirected $200 million from all over the Department of Homeland Security, Immigration and Customs uh, Enforcement. That's what ICE is. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Okay. Despite repeated congressional warning of ICE's lack of fiscal discipline and ups and unsubstantial spending. Hmm. So you're going to allocate $200 million, but you don't know where the heck it's going. It had to come from somewhere. Right. So the Department of Homeland Security asked for the money, according to a document made public this week by Oregon Senator Jeff um, Merkley. Of the $200 million, the document says $93 million will go to immigrant detention, a 3% budget increase that will fund capacity for an additional 2,300 detainees, and the $107 million for transportation and removal. So the 29% budget increase. Mm-hmm. The move comes as the um, Trump administration has pursed an aggressive immigration agenda, ramping up arrests of undocumented immigrants and deportations. So it says the money came um, from different parts of the DHS, including FEMA, the um, Countering Weapons of Mass Destruction Office, 
Federal Law Enforcement Training Centers, Coast Guard, Transportation. I mean, so they had to pull money from these different places, but what happens if they if it's needed? And I think that was the issue. Why? They they took money from uh, the money that FEMA would have had mm-hmm. to help with, you know, disaster relief and all that kind of stuff and put it toward keeping people from crossing the border and, and locking people up and all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it seems like this is nothing new because back in um, the fiscal year of 2014-2015, congressional records indicate that ICE reprogrammed $83 million combined in um, fiscal years the 2014-2015 and another $127 million fiscal year 2016. Well, there you go. And uh, so, you know, I, I guess it's, it sounds like to me it's a quote-unquote common practice that they do. But it, um, but it doesn't sound like Congress is with it because this stuff's supposed to be approved by Congress. Gotcha. And it seems like somehow they're refunneling and reallocating money that's not going through through Congress approved, congressional approval. Well, you're dealing with 45, so he's going to make his own agenda. He's going to make his own laws and stuff. Well, perhaps therein lies the problem. Papa did. He too, he too quiet. What, what's going on, Papa? What's your take on this? Well. I put ice on the kiss at least. <clears throat> yep. Sounds good. First of all. Mm-hmm. The one thing that you have to understand about the government mm-hmm. and about money to the government mm-hmm. is that money, first of all, when Congress does not have to be involved in something, that means that money is already allocated in its own circles already. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, let me explain that just for a second. Okay, break it down. Now, whenever the government says that they're going to increase spending for defense spending, all right? Mm-hmm. But they're going to increase money for homeland security. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's okay. a bunch of crocs. Uh-huh. No, no. Aren't they gonna, almost one and the same? No, no, let me, let me, I'm going to get to it. Okay, come on, come on. Defense spending and homeland security, that's under the administrator's blanket. Mm-hmm. So they're basically giving money to themselves. Gotcha. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. once that money gets in that hole right there, that's nice. why they said, "Well, let me make my point. Let me mm-hmm. make my point." Well, if you, when you read your story, the first thing you said is that they shifted money from Homeland Security mm-hmm. to ICE, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. means that was money that was already in the boxes. Gotcha. Which means it was already there, so Congress don't have to be involved because whenever you, whenever you hear the, whenever you hear the president say, "We're going to." Com- we're going to increase defense spending. Uh-huh. Whenever that's improved, approved, mm-hmm. that goes into the president's bank because he's in charge of the government. I got it. So he's in charge of that money. Mm-hmm. That's his own bank. Right, when they said they're going to increase money for Homeland Security, mm-hmm. that belongs to the to the, to the government, to the administration, to mm-hmm. that administration. Mm-hmm. So now it's in that particular box. So that's mm-hmm. why he was able to allocate that money, like you said in your story. Mm-hmm. They took money from Homeland Security, which was already passed the line. Mm-hmm. That's why whenever you hear... People should always listen out to hear what they, the government, whenever, whenever the administration want to make money for themselves, 
when they want to pad their own pockets, Homeland they'll use Security. one of their own administrations, gotcha. Homeland Security, right. especially defense spending, because mm-hmm. nobody says anything because they think it's going to the military. Right. No, it's not going to their military. It's going to their their mm-hmm. GSF, which means General Slush Fund, mm-hmm. that nobody can mess with or say anything about. Mm-hmm. And they use that money for a variety of stuff sure. that people don't know. You know, tax money is very lucrative. Right. You know, and um, but yeah, that's why just to answer your question, you know, that Congress has nothing to do with that because that's money that's already been allocated. Right. It belongs to Homeland Security, mm-hmm. and Homeland Security belongs to the that particular administration. Gotcha. So but what I meant when I said there. it doesn't seem right, how do you allot money from yourself to yourself? Mm-hmm. Where is the oversight in that? It's, it's, it's the money. Well, ICE like, is like, also an institution of, of the administration. Right, like Papa They said, own all that. That's their groups. That money that's coming from whatever entity is our taxpayer right. money. Am I right, Papa? Yeah, but they also, we have to look at when they really would say they want to increase defense spending, mm-hmm. we always think that it's for our own national defense. Right. But, but we already got 9,000 nuclear weapons. Right. So do we need an increase for 10,000 nuclear weapons? I don't see why. We got enough right. already. And how many nuclear weapons does it actually take to fight a war? How many nuclear weapons? And I thought that our when China, when China shoots everybody else to stand down with theirs. Well, they say that because a lot of times, especially Republicans, they say drastic stuff, and they want to always keep, you know, you have to understand, too, that, and, and I'm not even going to take this racial, but, Everybody wants to, I think that the biggest thing that, that white people want to do, white people that are conscious of the white world, mm-hmm. is they want to stay on the right side of white. And when you say stay on the right side of white, that means something very significant. Mm-hmm. And whenever blacks or people of color are really denying that or defying that, they love that. Right. Because they know that once they stay on the right side of white, they got the police on their side, mm-hmm. they got law enforcement on their side, mm-hmm. everything that black folks are running from, you know, white folks are cradling. Mm-hmm. That way they're in a better position. That's why when a cop gets behind a white person and pulls them over, white folks don't feel that, that jolt. They don't feel that thing because they know they've been supporting the Benevolence Association. They got the tag on there. They got a little thing on their tags. They got a thing on their inspection sticker. Yeah. Oh, only I contribute to the Benevolence Association. Here's my sticker. Oh, here's my car. When they ask for their credentials, they give them the license, registration, proof of insurance, and their Benevolence Association <laughs> Contribution card to show they're a member of the. Oh, I contribute, so don't. I contribute exactly. That's big in Jersey and New York. In fact, they give you this big old emblem to put into on top of your inspection sticker that got four little suction cups on it. You ever seen it? Uh It's a Benevolence Association sticker pulled up on a computer when you get the opportunity. Interesting. Benevolence Association means you contribute to the police annually. So don't touch their call. I'm on top of it. Right. I'm untouchable in so many words. Right. If you notice that, I because I, even in... uh like in, saying, I'm one of you. In Prince right. George County. I'm with you in guys. In Prince George mm-hmm. County, off of uh, 202. What is the street name of that? Landover Road. Landover Road. Mm-hmm. Down there by, as you go into Upper Marlboro, mm-hmm. when you go into Mar- Upper Marlboro, they have a uh, Fraternal Order Police membership, uh, well, not membership, but their, their facility. Right. Where you can you can have your wedding reception there and all kinds of things. You become a member there, you know. 
Oh, yeah, I've the seen that. Order uh, police. Yeah, the FOP. Right, the FOP. You can join that as a member. So once you, you join can, it, once you join it as a member, stickers. you can have, you can get your stickers. Mm-hmm. You can have a party there. You can have a wedding reception there. You can have everything there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that want to stay on the right side of white, mm-hmm. they will join that Benevolence Association. Mm-hmm. They will get everything you got to get, mm-hmm. your little card, your ID. I'm a member of this. You can go there and sit amongst cops mm-hmm. in wow. there. You know, you can go in that little I don't know about all that. FOP has a little lounge in there where they got a bar, and the drinks are cheap. And they, they have a bar. And they sell that little cheap, those <laughs> nasty little pizza and yeah, the hot dogs. <laughs> what? And, uh, you know, they sell a little thing. All right, that, all right. Is our taxpayer money paying for this stuff? Well, no, this, this, this is this is knocked down yeah. a little. Yeah, this goes down a little further. This is yeah. more county. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not paying for this stuff. And oh. he also serves those I'm things that, uh, remember coming to America? That he said, uh, they're the frozen ones, but they're still good. Oh, the little peanut blanket or something? (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. They're the frozen ones, but they're... They're really good. They're really good. Okay. All right, we'll move on. Anyway. All right, well... Well, speaking of Republicans, let's talk about your boy, 45. We got to talk about him. We have to. We have to. He just, you know, I, I, I... we have to. He is special. He is. Yellow bus special. Short yellow bus. Anyway, 45 on yesterday denied back-to-back hurricanes last fall resulted in nearly 3,000 deaths in Puerto Rico, which was the number estimated by a government commission study last month. Now, here's what he said. When I left the island after the storm hit, they only had between 6 to 18 deaths. Now, this is what he tweeted about the hurricanes. Remember, there was two. There was Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Maria in September of 2017. During his visit to the island of Puerto Rico, which, remember, he went and told the whole world, you know, uh, uh, Puerto Rico is an island. It's it's surrounded by water. Oh. And I'm like, dude, that's the definition of an island. Yeah, yeah. he's an idiot. Anyway. He's an idiot. He says that... Um, during the visit to Puerto Rico, he had suggested that the people of Puerto Rico were lucky that Hurricane Maria was not a real catastrophe like Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how, real, I don't even want to comment. How do you think it wasn't a real catastrophe? I'm using the air quotes for real. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously? So now, yesterday, he goes and adds more salt in the wound, and he tweeted that, this was done by the Democrats in order to make me look as bad as possible when I was successfully raising billions of dollars, billions would it be, to help rebuild Puerto Rico. Then he went on to say, if a person died for any reason, like old age, just add them onto the list. Bad politics. I love Puerto Rico. Let me tell it. Did you fall? Like, did you fall and hit your head? He couldn't get up. He fell and couldn't get up. And while he was laying on the floor, he got on Twitter. So he claims that the report that came out that said nearly 3,000 people lost their life Mm -hmm. during the hurricane um, in Puerto Rico, he's saying it's the Democrats that are saying that, and they're only doing it to make me look really bad. You know, they're conspiring to make him look bad. And then he puts this foolishness on Twitter. Agreed. 
Now, the the number that came to 3,000 was commissioned by a group of people that had nothing to do directly with Puerto Rico or the U.S. It was a commission group of government people who studied it. And what they were looking at is you can't just look at when, like, the current hurricane is going on now with Florence. You can't just say in the next day or two, okay, well, there were only five people who lost their lives. Because you have to look at what happens after the fact. Right. How many people are sick? How many people got contamination from standing water? How many people got whatever kind of illnesses that were related to the situation? And that might not happen for three or four, six months or so right. down the road. Right. But 45 doesn't seem to understand that. But you have to wait for the uh, quote-unquote official count. Exactly. And when the official count came out last month, or last week when they said it was 3,000, he said, oh, it's the Democrats just trying to make me look bad. But then how can you say, I mean, it, he's not making sense. Oh, when I left, it was, only, he was, it was, it was only 25 people, exactly. whatever he said. You're talking about in the few days after the initial hit, right. and you're saying that should have been the number. So he's accusing the Democrats of saying, People who died of natural causes, old age, whatever, that they threw them in the number two to build up the number. That's what he's accusing them of. See, this 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 goes back to, quote-unquote, he doesn't know anything official. When you're dealing with government and different agencies, you got 99 agencies that have to go over there to Puerto Rico and assess whatever's going on. Exactly. And then there's um, probably one or two maybe agencies that report and tell you the actual count. But that's, like you said, over a period of time. Am I, exactly. am I right, Papa? Mm-hmm. And there was one agency or group who was involved in conducting the overall study, collecting all the data, right. And issuing the report, and that came out of George Washington University's Milken Institute School of Public Health. Mm-hmm. Now, the last I looked, the Milken School of Public Health mm-hmm. is not the Democrats. That's the Milken School of Public Health at George Washington U. So, but here again, you know, his people around him have probably told him, "Look, President." You need to wait till the official count gets in before you make a statement. But somebody need to get that damn phone away from his ass. They really use my language, but that's how I feel. They need to take that phone and keep them off of that mother-freaking Twitter. Yes. Because for him to say the kind of stuff that he does, now he got the mayor pissed off all over again, the mayor of Puerto Rico. She didn't care for him in the beginning. No. But she had finally kind of like, you know, mellowed out a little yes, bit and yes. said, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything else. Right, right. Then he comes out the mouth with all of this stupidity. Right. So now she's fired up. She didn't call the man unhinged, unqualified, irrational, mm-hmm. uninformed. I mean, she's just putting it all out there. But stuff that we've all been saying. Right. Yeah, but the sad thing about that situation was that the mayor and the governor never unified. Yeah, that the was mayor, a problem. The mayor was being real and trying to keep up yeah. with things, keep right. When the, governor, the governor was kissing was his ass, kissing, kissing yeah. his ass, mm-hmm. and, and 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 Trump saw it that way. He saw that while well, I got them separated, they done broke ranks, so therefore now yada yada yada. And it's sad. I mean, if you're gonna be the governor and be the mayor of the same damn institution, they should have went in together and kept the same attitude. Is the governor a male? The governor's the a, governor male, is a male, and the male mayor is a female. female. So you don't know how to deal with females. females. 
How in the hell he, uh, 45 got married three times? I don't understand. It's, it's, it's got to be about the, yeah, well, that's true. Well, as the story goes, um, he continued, like, over the last few days, 45 has been saying all this about how the government responds to recent hurricanes, such as Hurricane Maria mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico, was an overwhelming success. I, we give ourselves triple A pluses oh, on what we did and all this kind of stuff. So the mayor, Carmen Cruz, she tweeted back, people died on your watch. And then she put in all capital letters, your lack of respect is appalling. Mm. So she she's like had enough. She just had enough. She just had enough. Oh, yeah, you know, and they said all along that we anticipate that the number of deaths will increase right. over time right. because there were situations like people who lost electricity, mm-hmm. who had equipment, uh, electrical equipment that was keeping them alive. Mm-hmm. Well, when you lose electricity mm-hmm. and there's no generators, then those people pass away. Right. That's a directly related death. Sure. But that may have taken, you know, several weeks, several mm-hmm. months, whatever the case. So it's all those kind of things. So by the time George Washington University Milken School of Public Health got all the data and put it together, it was, um, let's see, 2,975 deaths. Mm -hmm. But, of course, 45 makes it all about him and says, this is nothing but the Democrats trying to make me look bad. How do you make all these people's deaths about you? But then he says, not on my watch, my watch, my, 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 my. Shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you go. We're going to move on. What you got yeah, on Let me box? put him on the kiss it list yeah. while I'm at it. We got one last um, story. What you got over there, Paul? Oh, I got um, this situation in Dallas. You know, first of all, much uh, Sympathy and homage to the family of the gentleman that was uh, killed in this situation because this case is the one whereas it gets deeper because, you know, the the police have a badge of honor. So when they went there to investigate the case, I'm sure that anything they had to do with evidence that was pointing toward the cop was probably thrown away, destroyed, or held, or whatever. You know, because people, they choose loyalty over justice, first of all, all the time. You know, nobody nobody could be straight and legit. They always feel like they got to be on the right side of something in order to cheat. Well, she's a cop, blah, 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 blah. He probably did this. He probably did that. Who knows, you know, but they need to, you know, then once something happens, they find out how guilty they is, then the person will be guilty. For, he's going to be feeling their own pain for holding on to evidence or throwing away evidence or whatever. But anyway, family of the man killed. In his home, um, uh, disputes uh, rumors that he knew the cop who pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. All right, the family of a black man who was fatally shot inside his own apartment. Now that, that's the that's the line in the sentence right there. You really can't go any further with the whole thing because when you when you go there and you shoot somebody in their apartment, mm-hmm. you know, then you cut the lights out and everything to cover the story and all. And you know, it's so sad that the electric company doesn't have an indicator to let you know when the lights are actually turned off, where you can check and see when lights are turned on and turned off. I think those lights were turned off after the fact, you know, but but you never know. But um, like I said, the family of the black man who was fatally shot inside his own apartment by an uh, off-duty white cop in Dallas wants to put one rumor to rest, okay? His name, uh, Burham Jean's family said, he did not know or have a, a relationship 
with the officer who shot him. Now, how do they know that? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I was know. just getting ready to I don't say. think they should reach that far, right. reach that deep, because that right. might turn out helping his son, because right. there's your son being a grown adult, excuse the expression, you don't know who he was fucking, okay? That's mm-hmm. between him, her, and God. Mm-hmm. When adults fucking another adult, nobody knows but the two adults that are fucking. I just want to put that out there. Anyway. Um, true, true. So anyway, um, CBS News, uh, Omar Vasquez, Best friend, so uh, spoke with Gene's family, who said that they don't think uh, that the Dallas police officer Amber Geyer is telling the whole story about what happened in that apartment building last Thursday. The family is still lost as to what happened that night. Okay, Geyer, which is the young lady who shot him, told investigators that she went to what she thought was her third-floor apartment. Instead, the 30-year-old went to Jean's fourth-floor apartment, directly above hers, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, Guyard, the the lady, said the door was ajar, and inside noticed the apartment interior was nearly completely dark. All right? To hear that the door was open, he would never, and have the lights off, he would never do that," said uh, his sister. His hmm. sister, the victim. He was like me. He does not like the dark, is what his sister said. Interesting. All right. And somebody, one witness, one witness said they heard somebody shout out, "Let me in." All right. Mm-hmm. Witnesses disputed a cop's account of uh, Burham uh, Jean shooting authority. Burham Jean's attorney said they believe Berman to be a, they believe, she believed him to be a burglar. So guys, Bert, the, the, the cops said that, I'm going to stop saying her names, her names are so outreaching. Uh, Geyer said that she gave verbal commands that were ignored. Now, how are you going to know whether or not somebody ignoring, ignoring something in the dark? Okay, it's dark. It's somebody, what are they, what are they doing? You say the apartment is dark, but then you're saying that, I mean, if I was the lawyer cross-examining her, first thing I would say is that, uh, you know, you're, you're saying the apartment was dark. Then you said you gave a command for the person to stop or the person to identify themselves, but they, they ignored your demands. Well, it was still dark in there. So how you know what the hell they were doing? You don't know what it was, surrendering, throwing their hands up, pissing their pants, whatever they were doing. So... The whole situation there, in another situation, suspect. And I'm not being prejudiced toward this at all, but the thing I can't put my my head around is the fact for somebody to go in somebody else's apartment. I just personally think that, and I was listening to um, uh, the brother in the morning on uh, Urban View, um, Joe Joe uh, Madison. Joe Madison. I it kind of pissed me off. The other morning, he was he was laughing, saying, "Here, here, well, I, I, I've gone in, and I've gone to the wrong apartment numerous times in my life." I'm like, "Really, Joe? In the middle of this whole situation, you're gonna make a joke out of that kind of shit? Were you old and crazy? Were you young and crazy back then?" But if that's then? the case, did he you know? know the person? But I don't know. I don't. I don't think that Joe elaborated on him having access to the mm-hmm. apartment. But when the ladies, when somebody called and said they can't believe that he went to the wrong apartment. Joe Madison comes back and says, you know, well, I, I don't agree with that because I've gone to the wrong apartment. In these apartments, you never know what they look like and all that. Well, at the while, you need to learn at the while, okay? 
you can't keep going up into the wrong shit because we live in an age where you don't know what's who or what's in that particular apartment. And and also, I think that apartments have our own distinguished everything in there, our own smells, our own everything, our own DNA, our own our own creations, our own artwork, our own floor mat. Everything we stand for in our life is justified by the environment that we live in. It's just that simple. You walk in somebody's house and you go in there, you, oh man, I'm in Kevin's place. Well, he wears that that those oils, those African oils, or or you may know a female that wears some cheap ass perfume or whatever, you know. But that's her scent, you know. I mean, no disrespect on that. That was a joke. Anyway, um, you know, it's just everybody has their own distinguished situation, and you right. can't go in an apartment. And not see nine to ten different indications to know that this is not where you fuck you live. If 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 I can interject for a second. Yeah, sure. Um, Red that wine, situation, I, I just felt as if one or two things: either you were tired or drunk, mm-hmm. or you knew the gentleman and right. you were entering his apartment because. Either you were coming in for the night or whatever. I don't know. But mm-hmm. y'all knew each other in some form or fashion. Exactly. That's how I feel. And for her to say, it's just it's like one and one is two, but it's not adding up. That's right. It's First not. you say the apartment was ajar, the door was ajar. Mm-hmm. She could have had a key to the joint. That's what I'm Cause saying. Because a, de- a dead there man can't go. talk. There you and go. You know, a lot of things could happen. I mean, we, we could stretch it a little further it could be a situation whereas she came in there and he was in there with somebody else or something. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. as soon as the shots rang out, old girl that. that was in there with him could have ran, ran out. out. Mm-hmm. And I she didn't want to kill that person because she didn't want to have two different bodies on her hand. Right. So she let that person get out or get right. away or whatever. But you never know. I felt you as if never there, was know. A, there was some connection there. Yeah, this yeah. this case is very ugly. And, and well, I, you know, I'm, I'm saving my opinion because I'm going to talk about it in um, my segment for I'm Just Saying. So right. I'm not even going to comment on it right now. Wow. Yeah, That's I just, I think, I just think it's deep. But the one thing I find out, especially on my own personal job, is that when I'm trying to find out the reason something happened with something, the biggest thing that you can do in life when you're trying to figure something out is just be quiet and go on with your normal life because mm-hmm. whenever crooked shit is going on around you, yeah, in most light. cases it will come to the light. Mm-hmm. It will identify it's itself. It will open up. It will, it will come in. Come to the light, All you got to do is just sit back and get back <laughs> to your regular life and let the people that are guilty think that you ain't thinking about their ass, mm-hmm. and they will get back to doing what they do. Yeah, because if somebody got eventually they get comfortable and they exactly, up. and they got to get back into it, right. especially if it's a, a drug or something involved. And then their head is their head is fucked up anyway. Right. So therefore, they're going to get back into doing what they do. But once you pressure them or stay on them, mm-hmm. they're going to lay back and doing the crap they do. But if right. you just act like you believe them mm-hmm. and you go ahead and let them do their thing. Right. Believe me, they're going to go in that person's checkbook again and steal that person's check again, whatever they're doing, elder abuse, or whatever they're doing to get money, sneaking somebody's ATM because card, people they're going to take it like again. they got away with something right. mm-hmm. they're and nobody's to do busting them, they'll say, all right, and not only that, that again. When somebody is doing something crooked and you're living off of somebody else's money, somebody else's money has become their income. 
So now they're going to go back to that and start doing it again because that's the money that they're used to spending. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go back to it, just like this situation here. As long as they keep pressuring the, the, the lady with this situation, she's going to always keep her story in confidence. But if people back off of it, like the guy that killed the woman that was pregnant, that mm -hmm. they, they, they told her, they told the family to continue to hold his hand at the press conference. Because we got right, his right. ass. Right, right, I remember. Yeah. He said, yeah, just yeah. hold his hand and, one and, more and, time. And that was a hard thing to do. Yeah, it was hard. Because I know they wanted to oh, yeah, we know. blow him away. We know he Woo! killed your daughter, but we're going to get him tonight. So right. at this right. 6 o'clock press conference, go ahead, hold his hand right. and make him think that, you know, we're still with it. Go along with the ass. Go along with it because 8 o'clock, we're going we're gonna to arrest his ass. We just want him to relax so we can go to his house later on and arrest him. That's right. what they did. Well, if you guys so, got any questions or comments what we're talking about, you want to join the conversation, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press 1. And press 1. You want to talk about ICE? You want to talk about 45? You want to talk about this cop killer? Talk about red wine. Or Papa Didi. Mm -hmm. Or Kevin. <laughs> Call us up. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick CC break, and we're coming right back with the Hit It and Quit It headlines. We're going to keep it moving on the Pajama Party Show. It's another Friday night at the Pajama Party Show. And we're here with our PJs on because you know we don't allow clothes in here. If you enjoyed the Pajama Party Show, why not invite a friend or tell a neighbor to tune in right now? Go ahead and text them. I'll wait. Tell them to call us right now at 914-803-4306. And if they want to join in on the conversation, tell them to press 1 so that we'll know they have something to say. We'd love to meet your neighbors, friends, and relatives so send them a text, email them, or call them up and tell them to join us for the Pajama Party live on Blog Talk Radio. The more the merrier. Or is it Misery Loves Company or whichever. Tell them to call us up on 914-803-4306 if they just want to listen or press 1 if you want to join the conversation. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party show while I try to find out who hid the belt from my robe, I tell you the truth. Y'all know you're so wrong for that. All right, welcome back to the John Party Morning with Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red One. Ay, 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 Bonsoir. Drink that pop. Woo. Mm-hmm. All righty. We're going to keep it moving. It's the hit it and quit it headline time. All right, Paul. Oh, oh that's right. That's you, Red Wine. Oh, that's me. I'm up first. Yeah. Woo-wee. Okay, let me let me get my head right. 60-minute producer Jeff Fager mm -hmm. has been fired. Here's another one. It got busted for some kind of sexual stuff. Mm -hmm. Veteran producer of 60 Minutes was fired Wednesday mm -hmm. in the middle of accusations of inappropriate conduct. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see, this came right on the heels of Les Moonves, who just recently left the company, left CBS. Mm -hmm. And Moonves and Fager were the subjects of a recent investigation by Ronan Farrow of The New Yorker into sexual misconduct at CBS. But what ha what had happened was <laughs> her um, investigation was uncovering stuff, and eventually this guy Fager sent her a text message basically threatening her. Mm -hmm. And he here's what he wrote her. He said, be careful. There are people who lost their jobs trying to harm me, and if you pass on these damaging claims, 
without your own reporting to back them up, that will become a serious problem. Wow. Now, that's a threat. I was going to say, it It does sound like one. Yeah. So, of course, she wasn't scared. Mm -hmm. I guess she said, yeah, whatever, I ain't scared. Mm -hmm. She put the information out there, did the article, whatever, called him out for the for the stuff he had done. Mm-hmm. And now as a result, he's been given the boot right right behind uh, Moonves, who got the boot, what, about a week ago? Uh-huh. So now the two of them are out. Mm-hmm. So we'll just see what happens with that. But, I mean, that's, that's basically it in a nutshell. Of course, they're both saying it is not true, it wasn't me, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know. They're going to investigate. Of course, CBS is going to conduct their own investigation. Ah, you know, like they investigated the whole Charlie Rose situation. and mm-hmm. Well, they kind of retracted on that. Yeah, they did kind of backpedal on that one. But anyway, right. it's be interesting. you know, whether they were fired or whether they resigned, the bottom line is Charlie Rose, Moonves, and Fager are gone from CBS. Mm-hmm. That's that's the bottom line. Okay. So I'm gonna put all three of them on the kiss it list too. Okay. All right. Who's up next? All right. I got the next one here. Betsy DeVos. I'm not familiar with her, but I'm going to get into the head of the Department of Education. Oh. Them witted woman. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> she loses a lawsuit over Obama era student loan rules. You write education secretary Betsy DeVos was on the losing end of a lawsuit accusing the Department of Education of illegally delaying regulations set by the Obama administration to protect student loan borrowers from predatory colleges. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to overturn the, the situation? Yep. Oh, boy. Attorneys uh, general from 19 states and District of Columbia filed the lawsuit against DeVos after her department began rolling back the so-called borrow defense rules, which were set to take effect July 1, 2017. So the U.S. Um, District Court, uh, uh, Randolph Moss, ruled in favor of the Attorney General's, calling DeVos' attempts to delay the Obama-era rule from its start date unlawful, arbitrarily in can Capricious and uh, they said a whole lot of rack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Massachusetts Attorney General um, Mara Healy celebrated um, the judge's ruling, saying in a tweet that the federal court agreed to the actions of the um, Department of Education are not um, only wrong, they are illegal. Mm-hmm. So she's saying it's time for the borrowed defense rule to go into effect and give thousands of students the uh, relief they've been waiting. So I'm trying to understand. So they must give them a time period, to, I guess, to pay their loans back? I, I think like. so. I mean, Obama was trying to do something that was going to benefit the students financially. Right. Betsy DeVos wanted to roll that back and say, no, we're not doing that. So you got to start paying as soon as your ass get out of there. I'm not sure when you had to pay. But basically, she was like like that Richard Pryor joke when at the Chinese restaurant he said, "You order crap, you eat crap." Mm-hmm. So that was her thing. You you took the loan out, and then you paid the loan. Right, because it's um it's briefly saying here the Obama era regulations to protect students from the college's predatory actions were finalized in, in October 2016. 
Oh, the predator, right. That's like the way the banks were doing predatory loans. You know, it's like uh-huh. if you have a low credit score mm-hmm. and you apply and you say, look, I'm just trying to get a new car or whatever, but, yeah, my credit rate may be low, oh. but I'm still trying to get a loan. And the bank says, well, you know, tell you what we're going to do. I we'll give you the loan at 28%. Gotcha. And you're so pressed, right. you're like, well, I guess that's the best I can do. I gotcha. So I'll sign on the dotted line. And now you're in a situation where you're paying back a loan at mafia rates mm-hmm. that's killing you. And it shouldn't even be legal. So these predatory colleges were going after people who couldn't afford to pay uh-huh. to go to school, but they would make offers and charge them all this ridiculous money. Right. And now okay. you're roped into, you know, a 20-year contract or right. something or exactly. and whatever, trying mm-hmm. to pay back a ridiculous, you know, a loan. Money, a money, right, yeah. So they're taking, basically taking mm-hmm. advantage of, it's usually poor and disadvantaged people. Gotcha. Because if you think about it, people who have the means, people who have high credit scores, mm-hmm. people who have money, this is not an issue for them. Right. This only becomes, predatory lending only becomes an issue for people who don't have money, who have lower income, who have less advantages, less mm-hmm. access. Right. That's who it becomes an issue for. Okay. All right. We're going to continue to follow. Yeah, I'm putting her on the list. Right. Bessie DeVos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bama. Okay. All right. If you guys got any questions or comments we're talking about, hit us up tonight. 914-803-4306. And press 1. Press 1 to get in the queue. All right. We're going to push it over to Papa Didi. What you got for us? Oh, I seem to always get these violent stories. I don't know why y'all made me read these jokes. This hotel manager fired after pulling a gun on an HBCU student. This is down here. A Florida man was fired. From his job, Florida. It's always Florida, Louisiana. Yeah, always. That's why I always say Florida's a nice place to visit. But please, I'd be dead in 10 minutes if I lived there. <laughs> anyway, a Florida man was fired from his job at a local hotel mm-hmm. after he was spotted on video confronting four Florida AM University students in the elevator of a downtown Tallahassee mm-hmm. apartment building. I thought Tallahassee was safe. <laughs> no. It's in Florida, isn't it? Yeah, You got to watch yourself in that Usually when I'm traveling there. on the highway, I usually pull over and sleep in Tallahassee oh. because it's the capital city of Florida. And I, I want to rethink that. I thought yeah. it was safe. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Don, uh, <clears throat> Don Crandell, who was identified on social media, was terminated by the uh, PAX Hotel Group. If you pull up PAX, I guess you'll find out what hotel they're under. They didn't want to specify what hotel this was, but the PAX Hotel Group, I'm sure they own something, whether it be Dade's in or whatever. They think got a hotel down there called, uh, I forget the name of it now, uh, who was identified on social media. So identified on social media. See how they found his ass on social media. <laughs> was terminated by the PAX Hotel Group after a video of the incident went viral. Uh-huh. In a clip, uh, condo blocks four students, three of whom are black, from entering an elevator at the at the stadium center apartment complex because he believed they did not belong. <laughs> oh, okay. he believed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. That was visual assumption. What do you see? The hall monitor? Yeah, according to Carndale, the students uh, shouldn't have been on the elevator because they did not have a key to the building. However, when they informed him they were visiting a friend who lived in the building, Carmel became uh, increasingly hostile. Okay, and blamed, he, then he blamished a uh, firearm. All right? Let me be clear. You ain't getting in this fucking elevator, Carl's really? gentleman said in the video. Now, this video obviously had audio. He said, you think I'm fucking kidding? That's what he said. And this is with him having a gun out. Yeah, with a gun, okay. Okay, uh, Carndale was the general manager of the Baymont. That's the hotel I was oh. thinking about. The Baymont by Windrum of Tallahassee Central Hotel. I stayed in that hotel. But after the Tallahassee Community it. Action uh, Committee called for Condell to be fired, the company terminated his employment. The Pax Hotel Group issued a statement denouncing his uh, actions and framed its comments to the community. All right, Pax Hotel Group believed in bringing up and adding to the uh, community we are part of. Our team has gone ahead and took the actions that were necessary to uphold our beliefs. The statement read, Paxton's Hotel Group does not stand behind the actions of our, our formal general manager. He was general manager. We would like to apologize to those affected by the actions of our former employee. They put formal, they emphasized formal big time. Tallahassee um, Police Department have opened an investigation into the incident but as as press time, no arrests have been made. And, you know, what's just so sad about this here, too, on the back end of it, mm-hmm. in most cases, the person who pulled out the gun and acting all cocky and everything, more likely was probably of a Hispanic nature. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting, and I'm not saying that it doesn't say what his nationality is, mm-hmm. but this is where Spanish people, now, after a while, you know, they come from, from crop dusters, okay, when they first come here. You know, they come here one damn lawnmower, you know, and start mowing lawns and stuff like that. And they live 50 deep in an apartment. But after a while, when they start making money because they get people to start believing in them. I'm not this is me, I'm not even saying that their part is incident at all. But I'm going to tell you the moves of most Spanish people that have, uh, that want to be on the right side of white. How they maneuver stuff, okay. They got some shit with them, too. All right. Now, they start getting the white man to believe them, especially if they got a lighter complexion. They're they're as as my man Paul Mooney say, they're white Ricans, okay? They have this white complexing look and the hair and all that. So they start projecting as soon as they get the white man's trust, they eat they they eliminate the black man out of the equation because see, everything initially when it came to Spanish and blacks and everybody, everything was based on the food chain, where you lie on the food chain. And once Spanish people feel like they have eclipsed number two on the food chain, they don't want the black man to come back into number two on the food chain. They want your ass to be three, four, and five. They want to be number two. And this is just certain people that have arrived. Now they're able to park their little fucking lawnmower in the back room. They don't need that no more. Now they're not mopping the floor in the fucking hotel no more. They become the manager. This guy have achieved general manager status, okay? So he's taking that whole Spanish aspect or that whole foreign aspect and he feel like now the white man just trusts and believe him and him so much 
that he can't let no second-rate black folks come in. I'm not even saying this is the situation, but this is how deep it is, just with just like the shooting in Dallas, is that people, once they start thinking they got all this reassurance of what they're able to do in society based on their class and what they have risen to, and it's always sad that black people are always there for people to walk on our damn back. Or put little puddles in the creek so they can walk from one side of the creek to another. You know, I was raised in a neighborhood where the park had a creek. And you could walk across the creek just by stepping on rocks that were high enough to sustain you. Mm-hmm. And this is where black people stand in the world today. We're just rocks and pebbles in a creek that people can walk across without wetting their fucking shoes. And this is where we stand nowadays. You know, we it's, it's so sad. Like I said, this situation may not be the situation on that. But this is where people become when they when they start accusing black people of not supposed to be there is because they don't want you to be there because they they feel like the exclusion of you will make their establishment that much better. And it's so mm-hmm. damn sad. Okay. Anyway. Well, you don't have a job, so we're going to keep moving on. All right. Well, good. I got it. It's Dan Crandall. What's his name? Yeah, well, he needs to lose more. Than I got him on the list. All right. Let me tell you this crazy story about the NRA TV. I didn't even know they had NRA TV, National yeah. Rifle Association. Of course. Apparently, they have some online TV show that they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, y'all know, I don't know if you know uh, the little show with the kids, Thomas and Friends, with the little trains. Mm-hmm. Thomas and Tanks and all that, and they're all trains, and they talk and do whatever. Apparently, the NRA TV people have gotten pissed off because the Thomas and Friends show is trying to be more ethnically diverse with the little trains and whatnot and show, you know, more cultural diversity. And it seems to be pissing off the NRA TV people for whatever reason. Mm. So what they did in their infinite wisdom is they used an image of the KKK hoods on the trains for the Thomas and Friends show just to make a point of, what they think is ridiculousness in diversity. So the host of the TV show is called Relentless. Her name is Dana Loesch, went after the classic show, Thomas the Tank Engine, and and its maker. I didn't know that Mattel was the maker of that show, Mm -hmm. who had joined forces. Now, Mattel has joined forces with the United Nations, trying to increase gender diversity and representation on the program to show new characters from all over the globe. But this woman, Dana Loesch, who's what she calls a conservative mm-hmm. spokeswoman for the NRA gun rights group, called out the new character, whose name is Nia, a steam engine from Kenya, Africa. Mm-hmm. She's going to jump on that. And this is what the woman said, Loesch, Dana Loesch. She said, that's where it gets really strange to me she said on Friday's episode of their show, am I to understand this entire time that Thomas and his trains were white? Because they all have gray faces. How do you bring ethnic diversity to that? I mean, like, they had to paint what I guess was some kind of African pattern on Nia's engine. What's that about? I don't get it. That's what this Dizzy Broad said. Didn't I just say that? Mm-hmm. She, she's tripping. All of them are tripping. Wow. So she's saying that Thomas the Tank Engine has been a blight on race relations for far too long, and they thought to make their point 
that they would put these characters or something in clan hoods to show how ridiculous diversity is. I'm like, no, it just shows how ridiculous you are. That has nothing to do with ethnic diversity. And this ran in USA Today. So when USA Today contacted them trying to interview them to get some, you know, quotes or whatever, of course they got nothing to say now. Because they saw how stupid they were exactly. once, once it was You highlighted. put your foot deep in your mouth all the way down your stupid throat, mm-hmm. and now when somebody wants to talk to your monkey behind about mm-hmm. it, oh, now you and want bring, to clam And up. bring it to light. Yeah, now you want to clam up. Dumb right. people. They just dumb. Oh, boy, boy, boy. Used, I'll tell you, white privilege has been stacked up for years, and people have gotten used to it. And now that anybody brings anything that's going to jeopardize what people, the image that people sees, all people are doing now, when people say diversity, people are only trying to get things to look like the world looks today. Exactly. They're not trying it's not to a bad change thing. anything that has to do, but but there's some people look at stuff being a certain way for so long that when you try to change it, they get an attitude thinking that you're you're erasing their history. Exactly. Well, they never really had any. They history feel from like the you're beginning. trying to take something from what they think is the supreme. And race. they've been taken from the beer, and they've been taken from the beginning. So I'm like, so crazy. they got a tank, a tank <clears throat> engine on the show from Kenya, Africa, and they put whatever they put on it. You got a problem with that? Anyway, we're going to move on. Let's see, hit it and quit the headlines. What do you got, Kevin? Um, the McCain family um, slams GOP's use of late senator in, in attack ads. I mean, the man can't even rest in peace. It never stops. The family of the late senator, John McCain, uh, said they were disappointed that the lawmaker's image was being used in political attack ads, paid for by the National Republican Congressional Committee. That's so tacky. That's still still on the same shiggity, different day. So the NRCC released a bevy of new potential, uh, I'm sorry, political ads um, about the Republicans running for U.S. uh, House seats, the chamber uh, where the party is facing elections. McCain is featured in two of these spots, one criticizing Democrat Ann Kirkpatrick running for a House seat in Arizona, and another um, lamp-basting, uh, this is Alyssa Slockton, who was running for the seat of Michigan. So the family is disappointed that, the John's, uh, that John's image is being um, weaponized this election cycle so soon after his passing. I don't blame them. And they had been hoped, um, they had hoped that... Um, there will be a more uh, appropriate uh, amount of time for people to think about this um, final message before they began to, you know, politicize it. Mm. Um, Politico reported that the NRCC did not ask the family or friend of the lawmaker for approval to use his words. A spokesman for the group defended the spot, saying in a uh, statement to CNN that the Kirkpatrick ad speaks for itself. What does that mean? Okay. How do you just take somebody's likeness in their words and whatnot on video mm-hmm. and use it without their permission? Mm-hmm. I don't get that. Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah, it's just it's just sad, you know. And who did this? It was the 
the Republican, what's it called? The committee? The RCC. Okay, they're going on National there. Republican Congressional Committee. Okay, <laughs> got it. Uh-huh. All right. Well, it's time for what's popping. You ready, Papa Didi? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Well, fire it up. What you got for us tonight? Uh-uh. I'll tell you what. What I got tonight, I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this. But I'm going to tell this to everybody, and I'm going to put it out there loud and clear. What you need to do starting Monday morning is you need to look and see what the hell you paying for your cell phone bill. Oh. I don't know who you connected to, whether it be Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint, uh, you know, whatever one, whatever one else is out there. If you got a, a economical one that's working for you, that's cool. You know, but there's no way that, let's just say, for example, there's no way for you to have one phone and you be paying $100, let's just say. Let's use $100 as a base. All right? Now, if you got other stuff connected with that, that's cool. But but do yourself a favor. You know, they got something called Straight Talk over at Walmart that will give you a, they got their own phone, or use your own phone, bring it to them, whatever, that'll give you for $50 or so you can get the talk, text, and data and everything like that and all that. They got uh, cricket out there and different places that people may think are sort of undermined or, or less uh, technology, but sometimes they want to try it to see what's up because to mess with these places and get it for 50 bucks and get everything you need would be a better move than you mess with Sprint or one of these other places like that that's got ridiculous stuff that's judging you for your credit and everything else, and you're paying $130, $140 for one, one phone or maybe two phones or whatever you got. You know, the biggest thing on a phone that's, that's hitting you and attacking you is the fact when people hit you about your credit, and they're hitting you for what they call a bad credit bill of $15 a month because your credit is bad, other taxes and other fees and things like that. Because you don't understand how this stuff adds up. And also you're being charged in in advance for your line. You know, you're being charged for stuff that you use or, or even if you charge for the past. Then you're getting charged um, prorated fees and things like that. All I'm saying is take a moment to speak to the supervisor of whoever you're with and find out exactly what it is you're paying for. Because in most cases, most young people in this world, even older people, your ass is getting ripped off. I mean, brutally. And I say it only because I was able to bring some people over to my particular line to cut them a break because they were getting raped in broad daylight. And when when I sat down and they talked to me about the analyzation of what they were actually paying and how, and I'll put them on blast, how Sprint, was actually just raping their ass in broad daylight in the middle of it. And they they were getting raped at Macy's front window on 34th Street in New York City. Okay? That's how brutal it was. How bad it was with the charges for their credit and everything else they had going on. That I told them, you know what, drop that shit. And they were paying for a lease phone. Find out whether or not you own your phone or whether or not your phone is being leased. Remember, a lease phone is like a leased car. You don't own that phone. And then you got to pay to get out of that lease contract. A lot of lease phones come because you go to a place that may have that phone company on the side of their building, but they're not an authorized user. 
that anybody could call and have people connect you up with them. They'll take anybody in as long as you pay the fees or whatever. I mean, it's the same situation like a dry cleaner. If you take your, your clothes to get them dry clean, right, and you go in a dry cleaner and you don't see no machines, you don't smell no steam, you don't see nobody pressing nothing or anything going on, that means when you bring your clothes in there, somebody's taking your shit out the back door to somewhere else like the zip cleaners and letting zip clean your shit, and they'll bring it back in that cleaners at the end of the day. They done pay zip $1.99. Now they charge you $6. I mean, this world is vicious. All I'm saying is wake your ass up on what you're doing today. Nobody's perfect. I'm sure I'm getting ripped off with some shit myself somewhere down the line with something. But obvious stuff, stop falling for the obvious okey-doke. Cell phones, dry cleaners, things like that is not a, not real and not authentic. You know, but I'm speaking on cell phones today. You know, find out what you're paying, who you paying to and how much you're paying for, what you're paying in taxes or bad credit fees or things like that because all those fees are adding up. Oh, you're paying thirty dollars for the something that well, you pay fifteen for this in there, and plus you have a lease phone. Da, 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 da. And you look up and your bill's one hundred and thirty-five dollars a month for one goddamn phone. Really, really. I mean, I'm just saying you're getting ripped off. You're getting whew, bamboozled, hoodwinked, you know, flimflammed. You know, and these people are killing you, and they got you by the kahuna, especially with the least phone. Because if you want to get out, they're going to say, oh, well, in order you get out of that phone, you got to pay the lease fee to get out of it. Now you can't go to another person because your phone is locked with that company. Now you got to get your phone unlocked. It's going to take you four or five days to get your phone unlocked in order for you to have possession of it again. Remember, a lease phone is like a lease car. You don't own it. You're paying a fee toward it on top of your bill. So don't be stupid. Don't be crazy. My God. Monday morning, go to your cell phone company. And when you go in a cell phone store nowadays, talk to somebody with some experience. Talk to a boss. Talk to a supervisor. Don't talk to no okey-doke joker going to walk up to you. Hi, can I help you? Some brand-new employee has been there working there five days. She's been there five days, and she's going to walk up to you. She don't know Jack from Jack from Jack. Ain't going to act like she's helping you, but she can't even help her damn self. She don't know what's even going on. So talk to a supervisor, to a manager, and find out what you're paying for, what you got, what's going on. Call other cell phone companies. Don't be a victim of bad credit. If you got bad credit, then go to somewhere that specializes in bad credit. Like I said, Cricket, Walmart. People are trying to help people that got bad credit to give them a better deal. You may not have the best service sometime. You may be a little crowded with the service, but your ass ain't getting ripped off. I'd rather have half-assed service at $50 a month than a bullshit company at $135 a month. Oh, yeah. It's all about money and the damn thing funny, okay? Ooh, so oh. save that $85 and, and get a little static in your line as opposed to static in your wallet. That's up to you. I ain't trying to tell you what to do or how to do it. But all I'm saying is go Monday morning and check and see what you're paying for. Try not to be a victim of your own circumstance. If you got bad credit, don't make you a bad person. You know, just because a person's a bad, a deadbeat dad don't mean they're a fucked up person. Thank you know, you, they could have went somewhere and, and, and got married again and whatever. Fuck the baby mama drama. Mm-hmm. You know, Why? you know, but like I said, don't, don't, you know, just on that cell phone tip, check your shit. Check your crap. Check mm-hmm. your shit. All right. Well, I'm going to drink to that. Pop a cork. There it is. I'm just saying.
That's all right. I'll let you use it tonight. Mm-mm. Start charging. Yeah, that's a good idea. Go to your cell phone well. company, find out what's up. See what you're paying right. for and why. Well, if if uh, you guys want to join the conversation, talk about your cell phone bill, uh, put somebody on the kiss it list, a phone company, yeah. hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press 1. Press 1. Tell us how much you're paying for your cell phone bill. <laughs> Please. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're coming back. With the weird news on the Pajama Party Show on Blog Talk Radio. This is Kettle. And this is Red Wine. If you like news, but you like the weirdest kind, you're in the right place. Join us every Friday night for the Pajama Party Weird News. We find stories each week about some of the strangest and oddest news stories around. If there's ghost driving, stupid criminals getting caught, or just bizarre medical stories, we report it right here on the Pajama Party Weird News. It's funny and informative, and we look forward to it every week. And you will, too. If you like weird news like we do, join us every Friday night on the Pajama Party Show. It's a weird world out there, and we'll tell you all about it. Right here on the Weird News, where we celebrate the weirdness. Welcome back to the John Pray. I'm your Papa Didi. I'm here with Kevin. Hello. And red wine. Back it. Back it. Bonjour. Oh, <laughs> I mean, bonsoir. <laughs> it's not Ever since she met this new guy, they ain't wearing yeah. shoes no more. They're wearing some old Egyptian oils. And, uh, Don't be jealous. Well, that's a good segue. Let me get you some Egyptian oil. Good segue to the uh, way to do <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, St. Louis apartment with kitchen. Ooh. Bathroom combo creates a stir. What the hell is that? A kitchen what? Creates a stir. They got a kitchen bathroom com- uh-uh. combination. No, I'm not cooking where I'm doing my other stuff. St. <laughs> Louis. St. Louis man is the new tenant of a tiny apartment with a unique layout. Hmm. The kitchen and bathroom are in the same place. Uh-uh. Hmm. Yep. Wait. The toilet, no. bathtub, oven, and sink are in they're all in one room. No. No. I've heard of efficiencies, but this is a tiny one. It's a 200 square foot. Uh, 200? They, uh-huh. They break it down in, in meters. 18.5 square meters. Apartment in St. Louis, uh, Tony Central, West End. Mm-hmm. The ad, like the size of a refrigerator box? I don't know. It says mm-hmm. the ad and photo for the $525 Ooh. per month apartment. Mm. Appeared on several websites and had people flush with excitement. Mm. So this guy Harold uh, Carabell, okay, hell if I name Ooh. of uh, SF Shannon Real Estate uh, Management says Who the new tenant loves it. Mm. He loves it. It's a hundred and eleven year old building. Oh, okay, I thought they were gonna say hundred year old man. Oh. Okay, building originally housed twelve luxury apartments. So um, Carabelle says uh, that around the time of the Great Depression, it was remade into 50 small units, the studio the smallest among them. So the toilet-kitchen combo aside, mm-hmm. Carabelle says the apartment has a lot to 
has a lot to like, including refinished hardwood floors and new windows. Really? You concerned <laughs> about the hardwood floors? How you going to cook where you crap? 200 square feet? Ooh, that's nasty. I'm sorry. You know what? You have to really start thinking about what is your necessity that you need. I guess probably he don't need too much square footage. So Are you cooking where you're crapping? He must not do that entertainment. He can't. There's no room. No, he can't do nothing. Okay, moving on. Yeah. I got a pot shop employee fights off attackers with a glass bong. Oh, Lord. Police are still trying to smoke out the three would-be robbers. <laughs> A Canadian pot shop employee may have just experienced the ultimate bong hit. He used the marijuana smoking apparatus to fight off three robbers who were brandishing canisters of bear spray. Mm. And yes, it was all caught on video. The attempted robbery occurred last Thursday afternoon at the Recreational Cannabis Farmers Market in Shannonville, Ontario, Mm. when three men entered the store with their faces covered. The robbers sprayed bear mace. Mm. Bear, I didn't know there was a bear mace. I didn't either. They sprayed bear mace on two store employees. It was a man and a woman that was working. But the mail clerk did not let that mace stop him from protecting the merchandise. Mm. Mm. He said, oh, no, you don't. Surveillance video, surveillance video shows the clerk grabbing a bong and using it as a weapon. It seems like something out of a Cheech and Chong movie, but it worked. That's funny. According to a Facebook page by the Tyan Denega Police Service, the robbers left the store with nothing and ran away in a white SUV. Police are still looking for the would-be thieves, and if you know anything about it, the police want you to get in touch with them at 613-967-3888. They're trying to find these fools hmm. coming in with bear mace. That must be some strong mace, stronger than what you normally use for, like, your would-be attacker. Yes, that's kind of crazy, sir. Okay. The bear mace people. Bear mace. Who knew there was such a thing? Okay. And he hit him with a bong. (laughs) He's like, oh, you want to come here and rob us? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. right. Over to you, Papa Diddy. All right. This, This story is weird as hell. It's the weird news. Okay, a sex doll brothel is coming to Toronto. Oh Lord, you need the theme music. (laughs) A non-descriptive Toronto shopping plaza is set to welcome a new tenant in September. Okay, they advertise itself as the first sex doll brothel in North America. Mm. All right, it's going to be called. It's going to be called Euro Doll, which will operate alongside a nail salon, massage parlor, and a dry cleaner. Promise to bring its patrons uh, an exciting new way to achieve their needs without the many restrictions and limitations that real partners may come with, according to his website. Wow. The company's marketing director, her name is Clara Lee, told the city news that there will be no human staff in the brothel section and that the customers are unlikely to bump into any single person during their visit. Okay, just dollars. Hey, this is mm-hmm. freaky. All right. What it is that they they put their payment down on the counter and just go straight to the room. 
Okay. Oh, wait a minute. You just lay your money down and go to your dog? All right. All right. We don't have we don't have no staff there. Just just a camera. Oh, the, they going oh they got a camera. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the payments God. are taken at the beginning and you go to your room. It's freaky. You go to your room and you do your thing and leave. All right. Oh, and how the, much is the company's website states that it hopes that each visitor can enjoy any fantasy or fetish <laughs> without judgment or shame, bringing the ultimate sexual experience. Holy. Customs will, customs will be charged from sixty dollars to seven hundred and forty-two dollars for their time with the dolls, mm. and are promised that each is thoroughly clean and sanitized between visits. Oh. oh. You know, pop, pop right. about a different bag, hell no. There's a variety of different <laughs> there's a variety of different dolls according to weight, style, flavor, color, whatever you desire doll wise. You can choose your doll take your doll with you in the room as you go. Wait. Yeah, they have flavor. These, these dolls have flavor on them, they have oh, color. Oh my gosh. They're different sizes, they're thin, they're thick, whatever it is, okay. So if you they say I say, want a big black doll, big fat black then, woman, then we will that's what they'll put in your room. We will put churned PSIs of air in it and you go ahead and do your thing, <laughs> as opposed to the 50 PSIs for a regular doll. For the little skinny chick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we try, they say also we try to focus on the fact that since we have this service for men who have these dark, and uh, violent fantasies, instead of putting out the urge to act aggressively, they can do something like this, which is safe for everyone in their own privacy with their own private doll. Okay, that's right. Toronto City Council member, his name is John Faldo, told the uh, CBC Radio Canadian that people in this this community were uh, concerned about the business and that... uh, As they should be. They, although they appreciate the open mind of the of the behavior of the business, uh, people want to give it a chance and see where this thing goes. All right. It's going straight. So to anyway, hell. it looks like that's uh, where it's going. While Aurora Dolls might be the first in North Ooh. America, they said the first the first uh, doll brothel showcased uh, silicone uh, sex dolls open in uh, Germany last year. The owner, her name is Ellen Schwartz, said that seventy uh, percent of her customers returned for more business after the first. So mm, mm, the mm. fetish is alive and well, and she said business is uh, doing real good in Germany. So they're looking forward to it in September in Toronto. So you know that's kind of frightening. Go figure. So we're basically talking about a whorehouse with non-human no. exactly so. workers. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway. Yes, that's why it's the weird news. All righty. So if that's your thing, they're going to be doing that up in Toronto. You can take a trip, go across the border, and uh, check it out if that's what you want. And it goes from $60 to $742, mm-hmm. depending on your doll, your style, what do you want. And your freaky level. Whether you want a clapper, whether you want a... I think it depends uh, on the freaky level. If you yeah. want to do some real freaky stuff, you're going to be up in that $700 range. If you just want to do something like straight up missionary situation or whatever, you might be down in you the sound pretty familiar with dollar range. Familiar with these dolls? Or? I have no idea. I'm just going based on what you said. Oh, oh blame it on me. Uh, no, I'm just saying based on the information you provided. Okay. So we'll. Uh, all all right. right. Well, I'm I'm ready to go into. I'm just saying. All right. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll take it up. 
saying. I want to go back to this story about the cop. The cop that shot the... Oh, okay. Because I was ready to jump right into it. Yeah, let's take a break. Because I want to talk about that cop situation. And uh, what was that, Dallas? Right. All right. All right, we'll take a quick one, and we'll be right back. You're in the right place at the right time. It's the Pajama Party. www.apajamaparty.com Produced by DC Homegrown Entertainment. Don't just sit there yelling at the air. You've got an opinion? We want to hear it, too. Dial 914-803-4306. That's 914-803-4306. Don't let us have all the fun by ourselves. We've got room for you at the pajama party. And remember, it's PJs only. No clothes allowed. Operators are standing by. Well, they're lounging on pillows, but they're waiting for your calls. So call us now. 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Oh, you want to throw pillows? Hey, hey, it's Red Wise. Oh, shoot, here come Papa Didi. All right, welcome back to the John Party. I'm one of those Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, everybody. Bonsoir. All right, we're going to get into uh, Red Wine segment, which is called I'm Just Saying. Yes. And uh, which, you got something for us tonight? I got something for you tonight. I want to talk about that shooting that happened. What was that, in Dallas? Dallas, yeah. Okay, so I found this really interesting. I didn't write this. I pulled this from something I uh, saw online. I'm trying to remember where I got it. Essence. It was from Essence Magazine. So basically, the Dallas police officer, Amber Geiger, deserves the benefit of the doubt in the September 6th shooting of 26-year-old Botham Jean. That is, if the reports being churned out by mainstream media outlets are to be believed. We are supposed to believe that she was neither reckless or nor negligent when she broke in and that's basically what she did when she broke in to Jean's Southside Flats apartment Thursday night and killed him, and that her violent criminal actions certainly weren't intentional. That's what they want us to believe. We're supposed to believe that Geiger, poor, overworked woman, was exhausted after a 15-hour shift of protecting and serving the Dallas community. It's supposed to make sense to us that she parked on the wrong level of her apartment complex and entered what she thought was her own home despite the brilliantly lit apartment number on the wall and the unfamiliar bright red rug clearly indicating otherwise. And when Geiger saw the large silhouette of a man who ignored her so-called verbal commands, it's supposed to make sense that she opened fire to protect herself from a potentially violent intruder. Now, Geiger also claims that she had no way of knowing that she was entering the wrong apartment because she allegedly inserted her electronic key into the slightly ajar door and it opened. However, witnesses claim that they heard a woman's voice saying, let me in, before fatal gunshots rang throughout the building. And, of course, officials and politicians seem to have ignored that version of the event. For some strange reason, West is presenting the scenario as fact. 
Residents, however, claim that there's no way that door could have been ajar because these doors close automatically. They're secured doors. We know that what she's claiming happened did not happen. And this this was a statement from uh, Lee Merritt, who's representing Jean's family. What we get from the arrest affidavit is that she's hiding something because she's making statements that are demonstrably false. It's unclear if Geiger knew Jean prior to the deadly home invasion, but we do know that the brothers did. Now, a man who's minding his own business in his own home is dead because police officers in this country have been granted license to kill black people, armed and unarmed, whenever the spirit moves them. Now, Geiger is being given the benefit of the doubt because she's a white woman who feared a large black man in front of her. And in a white supremacist society, fear of black bodies is just another cause for murder. No matter how unfounded and racist the fear is that grips their throats and guides their trigger finger. More specifically, white women's fear of black male bodies carries more weight than the lives of the black men they kill. After all, what's one dead black man when a white woman's future is at stake? We saw this play out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when police officer Betty Shelby shot and killed 40-year-old Terrence Crutcher, and a jury of her peers allowed her to walk over his dead body to freedom. She was considered the victim, even though Crutcher was the one walking away with his hands up in plain sight. She somehow was still considered the victim, even with a reported history of her using excessive force. But let's make it plain. If a black police officer entered a white woman's apartment and killed her, the conversation around this case would be very different. The blue of his or her uniform would be washed away until only Negro remained. There would be no delicate wording, no calls for nuance, no questions as to the criminal or unjustified violent nature of their actions, because to be black is to not only live under constant threat, but to be perceived as a constant threat. An avalanche of unverified excuses has been presented to protect Officer Geiger because the alleged fear of white killers wielding service weapons always takes precedence. Unhinged state power, exacerbated by the privilege of white women, is as American as redefining lynchings and white supremacist bigots in the White House. And Geiger, despite being a white woman with a badge, should be treated as nothing more than the cowardly killer that she is. Because what we know and what this nation refuses to admit is that they are one and the same. This is red wine and I'm just saying, that girl is not innocent like she claims. Um. A lot of bull crap with that. Now he got a red rug in front of his door because that was his thing. How you walk up to that and think, oh, this looks like my apartment? No. You know you don't have a red rug in well, front you know, of your door. I you, Come on, Geiger. Come on. I tell you, another, another theory that I'm looking at too is well, you, had, you know how you really you sounded on that piece there? Was, you sounded like uh, Gil Scott Harum. When he did that song in the revolution, yes, would not Lord. be televised. 
It will be live. You know, um, the thing that I got out of that mostly, out of this whole situation, is that the privilege of these cops is that one thing I think everybody should take a look at, I've been analyzing this here, is when you say that when she used her electronic key. Mm-hmm. Now, what if that apartment complex gave her a master key because she's a cop? Mm, that's a good. They point. could have done that. She probably had. Well, why don't we give? Being you're a police officer, we'll give you a master key, and maybe she used her master key that opened that door because it opens up everybody's door. And that's probably how she got in there. And she had to say the door was ajar not to expose the fact that she has a master key. They need to go back and find out and find out who issued this woman a master key if one was issued. I think the people and the management of of that of, of that complex need to come clean on whether or not that woman has a key. I'm sure that's the first people she talked see, to. See, the other issue is that, like they said, yeah, but don't run door, over. But don't run over what I'm no, saying. No, I, so I fast. agree with you that it might be the case. But I'm saying another point is that if these doors are secure doors that close automatically, you know how some. Yeah, doors, but we're not talking about how these doors no, close. No, I was just making a point to say if in fact these doors close automatically, like the other resident said. How is the door just ajar? Like All right, she that's cool, but let's talk about how the door was opened. In order for her to get access, you talking about the door being closed? That's past. No, that. I'm saying she claims the door was partially open. Yeah, right. The residents but that, are saying that, these doors close automatically. But that is the so alibi to not reveal the fact that she, as a cop. Inside, somebody gave her a master electronic key. Oh, I'm agreeing with you that that could be a possibility. Because, like I said, the fact that Trump always talks about, uh, you know, uh, all this uh, first responders and we love law enforcement and all this crap, to put that in the heads of everybody, to think that the law enforcement is the perfect people, but people of the black community beg to differ the fact that, that policemen have anything to do with perfection, but they always have access. This is why a police officer is able to make 45000 a year but have everything that they need that a person making 120000 A policeman making 45000 a year is not concerned at all because their lifestyle can match a person, a person of color making a buck twenty a year, because of their access. Mm-hmm. If I wear my police uniform and my white skin down to a dealership, they're gonna give me a brand new car. It's not gonna be about my credit. They're gonna they're gonna pull some strings and do what they gotta do. When I go buy a house and I wear my uniform and my white skin, I can get the privilege. So that forty five, forty eight, fifty thousand dollars, which we know ain't no money. In society today, but this is the kind of money that a cop is bringing home. But people say, "Damn, if a cop is making fifty five thousand a year, how the hell is he driving all the shit I'm driving? How's he living like I'm living? Right about it. How's he living like I'm living? Because the 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 code of the blue code of honor gives him access. And I'm just I'm gonna hold on to the and fact that lies the I'm gonna hold on to the fact that if that apartment complex opens with electronic keys like a hotel door opens up, I'm going to think that that cop somewhere down the line had a master key 
and her either drunk ass or whatever ass walked in that in that joint. It could have been a legit thing where she didn't know the guy, walked in with access of having the wrong key, and then once she pulled the trigger, thinking she's in her own spot because, like you said, being startled by the black man, the black statue statue of a black man, pulled the trigger. But you know what? I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get off of this, and we'll go to Living for the City. She claims the room was dark. You saw a shadow, well, silhouette, or whatever. How did you know? Well, How do you know who or what that person? Well, anyway, you have to understand. I'm going to let can, it go. She could say what she wants, and we can continue this right into Living for the City as we go into my segment with Living for the City. Okay. As we go into my segment under the same particular subject, she can say what you want to say because a dead man can't talk. Absolutely. So this man being dead cannot justify anything. This happens with engineers of trains. Once a train gets wrecked, if if the engineer dies, let's blame him on the engineer because he's dead. Mm-hmm. And 15 people are dead also, so the engineer fucked it up. But if the engineer lives, they got to use another alibi, another excuse. You know? Right. Pilot error. Whatever. Whenever a person dies, you can throw the blame on the ass with the quickness. But I'm just thinking that I, I just think that everybody should go off the conspiracy theories and everybody should land strongly on the fact that with this electronic door, you know, we know that the the the, the apartment, uh, what we call the people that run these apartment property managers, mm-hmm. is going to kiss the cop's ass in there. It's the same way with Zimmerman in Sanford, Florida with Trayvon Martin. I mean, it took them 34 days to arrest his ass because he's running around like he wanted, and he was a wannabe cop. So this man had 34 days to clean up his car when he confronted Trayvon Martin that night, and I mean confronted Trayvon Martin. He had 24 days, 34 days to get the roaches out of his ashtray, to get the Hennessy out of the back of his car, to get any kind of paraphernalia he had inside of his car. He had 34 days to clean up his act, clean up his stuff clean up his breath, clean up his piss, and everything. This is why he was acquitted, because by the time they arrested his ass, he was squeaky clean. But if he would have got arrested that night, and they would have confiscated his car, and wouldn't have had a search warrant for his house, they would have found a bunch of other crap. But 34 days gave Zimmerman a chance to clean his act up, and this is why he got away with with killing uh, Trayvon Martin. And it's so sad with the situation with that. And like I said, I, I don't know how the premonition came to my head, but I swear... If that apartment complex has access with electronic key, there's a real great chance that that property manager gave that cop a fucking, excuse my language, but I said that to make my story stronger, gave that cop a master key. Here, you can use just in case we need you to go in an apartment one day. We're going. And so she probably just used her key reckless instead of using the key inside of hers and putting the other key somewhere else. She probably just started using that master key, period. And one night from drinking or whatever she was doing that night, came in at the wrong. She could have legitimately came into the wrong joint, but she had the master key that gave her access to all the apartments. But now she got to say the fact that the, the cover, the let, not let in that she got an apartment, she got to say, oh, the drawer was ajar. The room was dark. These are things that the dead man cannot justify. Right. Cannot speak on. Cannot contradict. Cannot cross-examine. So, you know, I just hope that, you know, the, the, the situation reveals itself. I just hope the truth comes to the light. You know, because this is a sad situation, you know, this man being dead 
only because somebody was reckless and it came in and took his life, you know, and uh you know, and like I said, having a president today that is so pro law enforcement you know, and also he's pro law enforcement because of anything else, you know, just anything that that people of color contradict, it seems like people of another racial persuasion supports. And that's been our issue in every aspect. And that's why I don't understand now when I see, you know, these, these young boys today where they, they're so brainwashed, thinking they're gangsters. You look at these young boys out here today, they're driving cars out here today that look like cop cars. Mm-hmm. They tint the windows. They drive in a, um, what do you call those, Crown Vic or these Plymouths. They got that round mold. And they put, I'm saying, well, why? If you're so anti-police, why the hell are you driving a cop? Cop looking car. What, what is your what is your issue? You've been so brainwashed that you you have become the enemy, like an abuser now abusing people because they were abused. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, this world is just so oof, it's just it, it just blows your mind the way people are and the way things are today. I just you know, and in closing, I, I just want to say that um like. You know, every day we live, just live your life with a conscious mind. Whenever you come home at night, whatever you do, whenever you drive up somewhere at night, whatever whatever you do, stay conscious. Stay conscious of your environment. Whenever you come out your house, take a look out first before you take the step out. Look both ways down the street before you walk out. Just do everything you can do in the parking lot. Just stay conscious of your surroundings because, you know, most of the time that we get confronted with things is based on whatever person that's confronting us based on their situation. Robbery has nothing to do with color, has nothing to do with race, anything like that. If somebody's desperate and they need money at the time and you're the person that's in that vicinity, it could be a white person, destitute, whatever, to take you out because they're destitute at that moment and you're the person in their particular scope. So it has nothing to do with, with color. You know, we we always constitute robbery and all that to, you know, with the, the stigma of anything. But anybody could rob anybody. Like that man killed his family in, in Colorado. I mean, he was white as the driven snow. You know, it just killed everybody. And it's just, you know. So just, just be careful. Just like I said earlier, with the credit situation, don't be a victim of your own credit. It's because you got bad credit. Don't feel bad about yourself. Because, see, there's people out there now taking advantage of your bad credit. So, therefore, who's the real punk asses now? You know what I mean? You feeling bad already because you got bad credit. But now somebody telling you that you can't do something because of your credit. Then you need to sit back for a minute and rethink your situation or find new ways to profit. But don't just sit there and think that, oh, now that I got bad credit, I got to go ahead and step in this dog doo-doo. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just be cool for a minute. Hit it a different way. Take a different approach. You know, find out another way to do things, you know. That's all I got to say on that subject. All right, now. Okay. That's Papa Didi and Living. Get over to Kevin and find out what's happening in Hollywood. Hollywood. You got something for us tonight, Kevin? Yep, I'm going to make it short and sweet tonight. Design Women, sequel, hit it to ABC. Come on, ABC. Designing women? Yeah, y'all can't come up with no new stuff. 25 years after its original seven-season run, the series is poised to return with a sequel on ABC. Wait, excuse me. Did you say 25 years? 25. Too fast. Wow. The network has been um, given original series creator, Linda Bloodworth Thompson, 
Oh, Lord. Hell of name. And the executive producer, Harry uh, Thomason, um, is her husband, a script commitment for a show that will follow the next generation, really, of sugar sugar bakers and a group of young female designers really? in an Atlanta interior design firm. Mm. The project was uh, reportedly been in the works for months. ABC will be, uh, they were produced by the same studio, Sony Pictures Television. Um, goes on to say, I'm very excited to be working with ABC. Um, that's what Bloodworth said, and Sony has always been a great partner in designing women. Normally, I'm not a fan of reboots, but redesigning women um, does seem to have the right uh, thin shoe, okay, um, for all um, that is going on right now. Oh, that should be interesting. Uh, the original design of women, the cast um, was uh, Dixie Carter. They were all funny. Delta Burke, Annie Potts. Annie Potts. <laughs> Jean Smart and uh, Mesha, uh, Meshach Taylor. Isn't it? Oh, yeah, Meshach Taylor. Yeah, right. yeah, I remember. Didn't he pass away? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was on CBS from 86 to 93. Yeah, I used to watch that show. Mm-hmm. So was I from time to time. Interesting. All right. Also, John Legend in in the news um, reacts to becoming an um, EGOT, EGOT winner. Okay. Oh, go ahead, John. For the uh, multiple talented, multi talented John Legend joining the ranks of show businesses, um, the uh, EGOT Club is something um, he never imagined that he would be in the industry. So, um. John Legend, after his big win at the Creative Arts Emmy Awards in L.A. on Sunday, he opened up about winning the Emmy and becoming one of, of less than uh, two dozen people to have ever um, take home this um, uh, Emmy Award. So it's kind of surreal, it's, he says. It's something I never um, even thought about when I started my career. I probably want to win some Grammys and sell a lot of records. And all um, that started happening pretty quickly. So, kudos to you. Um, Congratulations. So, they said um, only 12 people have, have won an Emmy, uh, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony in the competitive categories. Interesting. So, EGOT is what now? It's Emmy. Emmy Awards. Uh, Grammy. It's Emmy, Grammy, Tony, and Oscar. E-G-O-T. Emmy, Grammy. Yeah. Oscar and Tony gotcha. Okay. Okay, John. All right. John Legend. Yeah. All right. Halle Berry to star in and make her future directorial debut. Halle Berry. Oscar winner Halle Berry is making her directorial debut with a bruised, a mixed martial arts action drama, which she's um, also starring in, of course. Cool. Uh, Barry currently in production on John Wick 3, uh, starring Keanu Reeves, will uh, reteam with John um, Wick producer Basil. Basil somebody. Yeah. Okay. Of Thunder Road Productions, who is also producing Bruce along with um, Entertainment uh, 360 in London. Uh, Godless. He's some hella five damn names. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not even gonna say what he is. Written by Michelle Rosenfarb. 
The plot follows uh, Jackie, quote-unquote justice, a disgraced MMA fighter. Fi- I'm sorry, MMA fighter who was um, who has failed at the uh, one thing she's ever been uh, good at, fighting. So when six-year-old Manny, the son um, she worked out on years ago, returns to her doorstep, Jackie has to conquer her own demons, face one of the fiercest rising stars of the MMA world, and ultimately fight to become the mother um, this kid deserves. So, um, so yeah. she's going to be an MMA fighter. That's what it sounds like. Okay. And how they going to get in the cage and kick and hit and punch? I guess so. Barry right. will work with uh, the team that does the fight choreography for the John Wick franchise. So. I hope they keep it sexy. Yeah. So um, production starts next March. So. Okay. Then. All right. So it's time for the cocktail of the week. What you got for us, Kettle? I see you sipping on something over there. What you got? It's called the Absolute Stress. Oh. So, yeah, I just want to get down with that. We're going to do, um, it's supposed to relieve stress. Vodka and, um, all these, uh, uh, beverages together, sure. It's one ounce of vodka, one ounce of dark rum, one ounce of peach knob. Uh, remember that's peach knobs with fuzzy navels? Yeah, fuzzy navel. Yeah, that's where peach knobs goes in. Um, one ounce of orange juice and one ounce of cranberry juice. On a cocktail shaker, combine vodka, rum, peach liqueur, um, orange juice, and cranberry juice. You're going to shake that real well. Pour over ice in a tall glass and garnish with a slice of orange and bitter. Hmm. All right, then. That's not the perfect drink. What is? Well, whatever you put in it, it's delicious. Right here. Okay. And tasty, too. Very tasty. All right, uh, Papa Didi, can you talk about the Kiss It List? What's that about? Uh, kiss It List is a list of everybody that showed their butt hiney last week. Uh-huh. Or all month or what have you. or something. Well, at least this week, pictures. anyway. Yeah. And we compiled the names. We put them on blast, and we got a song just for them. And uh, you don't have to listen to the people, you just want to give them the song. <laughs> <laughs> you well, said, I got names on my okay, list. Come on, yeah, you said skip the song. Come on, with I'll tell you who I have on my list. All right, I have the Immigration Customs Enforcement, known as ICE, mm-hmm. for diverting those funds the way they have. Um, I got, of course, 45. Got to put him on the list, of course. I meant to put Mike Pence on the list, too, Oh, because he's become just a little puppet. I don't know what he's doing, but he's a puppet. Anyway, Amber Geiger, that's the cop that killed that brother in uh, Dallas, Adam Jean. Gotcha. I got Jeff Jeff Sager Uh and Les Moonves. Those are the two executives fired from CBS. I got Betsy DeVos. Head of uh, Department of Education for trying to roll back an Obama regulation that was going to help students. Mm. I have Don Crandall who pulled the gun on students in that apartment building. I got NRA TV for using the KKK hoods on a children's cartoon, trying to make a point about diversity. Mm. I have the NRCC for using McC- that's the National Something Republican Committee, whatever for using Senator McCain's image 
without permission in their attack ads, which I think is so tacky, so tacky, and rip off cell phone carriers like Sprint for taking advantage of people that have credit mm-hmm. challenges. Uh, who you got, Kevin? Okay. Um, you did say Bessie DeVos, right? Yeah, I got Bessie um, DeVos, DeVos, whatever her name is. Dan Candle? Oh, that was Dan Crandall. I got him. Okay. He's the one to pull the gun on those kids in the elevator situation. Okay. In Tallahassee. I thought Tallahassee was safe. Yeah, who knew? Anybody else? Um, the, the guy with the bear mace? Did we do that? Oh, yeah, the bear mace. Yeah, I got 45 on there. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the robbers that came into the cannabis store and sprayed bear mace oh, on the employees. You're on the kissing list. Right. And uh, any of your cell phone carriers who are charging you too damn high of a bill. Yeah. This is for you. Anybody else, Papa Didi? I'm going to let it rip. Let's put Congress on there for not uh, keeping a watchful eye on uh, Yeah, on ICE. The president, when he when he wants to give money to national security or homeland security, all he's doing is really put money in his own pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to him. And then he can divert the funds somewhere else once he gets it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Well, we have a special prize for everybody on the kissing list. And Kiss my entire ass. My ass. All right, welcome back to the John Party. I'm one of Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Woo! How about that? All right, time for the last word. Yeah. And, and I'm going to give it to this time. I usually yeah. go last, but I got to give it tonight. All right, what okay. you got, Kettle? Peace out. That's it? That's it. Peace out. Two Peace words. out. Two um, Also, um, for the folks that are in North Kakalaki, because I have uh, friends and family in North Kakalaki, you guys be safe. And if uh, you need to send out an SOS or anything, give me a ring. You know the number. So I um, hope everybody just stays safe and, you know, just be careful out there. And uh, something was mentioned on the radio earlier. Uh, Steve Harvey had said, you know, you guys got to look out for each other. You know, if uh, your neighbor needs some help, help them out. I mean, black, white, doesn't matter. Let's all come together right now because we're in a crisis as far as this hurricane and uh, Miss Florence, she terrorizes some things, so we all need mm-hmm. to just work together and uh, just hope everybody's just safe. I'm out. Let's kettle. All right. You want to go next, Papa Didi, or shall I go? Yeah, you can go. All right. My last word, this is red wine. My last word is 
I understand how when there's a hurricane, you always have people who say, we're going to ride it out. We'll be all right. And then these are the people that start hollering, help, save me, save me. So I'm just saying, when they tell you evacuate, please heed the warnings. Get out. Don't try to ride it out. I understand you want to protect your home and all that kind of stuff. But if everybody leaves, then there's going to be nobody there to terrorize your property rob your house and all that kind of stuff so how about everybody leave if they say evacuate get out because now you got first responders risking their lives trying to save folks because they determined that they could ride it out they'll be okay you're not going to be okay it never works out so that's all i'm saying you know let's just get with the program do what you've been asked to do uh, let me just piggyback on that for one second there was a young lady, she was talking early on the news, and she was saying some people, they can't leave because of financial reasons. Um, you know, they might have to stay there for medical reasons, whatever, but there's nobody there, like you said. Mm-hmm. But people just don't have the finances to leave. And maybe 45, this money he's allocating for whatever we talked about earlier. Yeah. Immigration he, and border right, He needs to allocate maybe that money to help people get out. You know, maybe there's yeah. a fund or something, so... Let's rechannel the uh, money. You know. There you go. All right, over to you, Papa Dini. Well, I think sometimes people say they can't afford to get out because they wait too late to do things. If you get out when the getting is good, when everybody's leaving at the same time, if you delay and then you, you know, just like anything else, like I said earlier with this bad credit thing, I'm just so tired of hearing that. You know, we are all one nation under God, okay? We, we, your situation even if you live in the, in, in the suburbs of the suburbs, still watch your ass when you go out that door. Because like War said a long time ago, the whole world is a ghetto. Okay? Don't think that you live in some... Even if you live in the suburbs, live your life like you live in the hood. When you step out that door, look both ways before you step out that door. When you get out your car with your children, look out there before you step out that car and make sure the coast is clear. When you get out, get in your garage, open your garage door, go in your driveway. Always look around. Live your life like you live in the hood. I'm telling you right now, there's no such thing as the suburbs. The whole world is a ghetto and treated as such. But anyway, okay. in other words, just, you know, stay safe. And on that storm situation, please get out. Don't worry about that crib. That's what insurance companies is for. Let that insurance company worry about your house if something happens with it. But, uh. Get out. Save yourself. Save your family. All right. Well, this is the Pajama Party Show crew. We're signing off, saying good night. Thanks for rolling with us. We'll be here next Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. You can join us then. Check us out online at apajamaparty.com. Thanks to our parent company, DC Homegrown, paying the bills, keeping the lights on, keeping the show going. We appreciate that. Um, let's just say good night. And we're going to call it a day. All right. Say good night, Papa. Yeah, and look on the app, too, for the, the job apps is up, because I'm, I'm trying to get rid of Kettle and, and Red uh, Wine. Say good night, Kettle. Uh, good uh, night. All right, so, all right yeah, this is Red it. Wine, and we're out. We'll see you next Friday night. Peace. Good night. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabi Kana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck.
Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Yeah.